Support for this broadcast and the following message are brought to you by Burr, Gucci Mane's Coat Line. Gucci Mane, Atlanta rapper, Atlanta native, and East Atlanta Santa, has created a winter clothing line made just for those cold, cold winters in Atlanta. Sure, the winters only last maybe one or two weeks, but you know what? You're going to be cold for at least four of those days straight. Burr has plenty of jackets for men, women, all the different genders and sexes, and of different sizes, and uh, everybody can wear them. So be sure to check out Burr wherever your clothes are sold. Live from WBED, this is The Application, the only podcast where the host sits around and begs the company that he's applying to for a job. I am the host, and of course, on today's episode, we got topics for you, which is, it's going to be what to do when you have a bad audience. Sometimes you can't escape it whenever you're sitting there doing your bits, telling jokes, doing stand-up, doing a podcast taping, doing whatever it is. And sometimes you just have a bad audience. You can't escape it. It happens to every single body, every single person, every single body is what I originally said. But you know what? We're here to make mistakes. We're here to get messy. It's not the magic school bus. No, it's the application. Welcome back to The Application. I'm your host, Chad White, and of course, this is the only podcast where I've sent in my application to WABE, Atlanta's NPR station, and I sit around every day, five days a week, and say, hey, can I have a job on a mic for about 30 minutes? And this is one of those things. <laughs> it's not It's not entirely good. In fact, <laughs> if you listen to Friday's episode, I would say it has gotten way worse. <laughs> but you know what? We're here. We're doing this. Get used to it. Okay, so uh, after I'm done messing with the gain on this friggin' mic, we're going to get started on this episode. (laughs) So uh, I originally had, I had a Friday episode that was planned, um, but I don't know if I'm, oh yeah, I did mention this on that one, but I was was helping shoot a short film, and uh, one of the shooting, they shot the entire movie essentially, like, you know, in the city around the city, like inside the perimeter. And then the one part, the what, the day I start working with them, they go, Hey, we're going to be a Woodstock. And I'm like, what? I don't have gas for Woodstock. <laughs> and I went to Woodstock. Uh, that was right after I had an, another, I had two interviews and then I, and then I went right up there. So that was, so there, that was my Friday. Like I'm like speeding at like noon at 1230 saying I'll be there in 30 minutes when the GPS says 40. <laughs> I'll be there in 30 minutes, I promise, I promise. Oh, gosh. No, it was good. I had a good time. Uh, I ended up working with them on Saturday as well, as how, you know, these things <laughs> go. <laughs> you do more than one day on a film set. Uh, really nice. Uh, actually, I did some gaffing, some gripping, sorry. I don't know why I said gaffing, because I was thinking of the word gaffer. I did some gripping, too. On uh, Saturday evening, uh, we spent all day Saturday shooting, as how these things go, again, <laughs> at uh, at a house, and then at a, oh boy, where do we go, uh, some type, another park, but this time it was in a city. We're supposed to go to an airport. I can't really get into specifics how, <laughs> what the movie's about, because <laughs> I did sign an NDA, um, but we we shot an airport too. We were supposed to go to an airport, but then the it was and we weren't going to like fly or anything or run down a runway. It was just gonna we just need we just needed the long flat land. 
Uh, but we ended up finding long flat land, calling up a park at like one o'clock on a Saturday saying, we need to be there in an hour or two. Is, is that okay? <laughs> Just begging people. It's cool to see other producers, like to see like a real producer who's getting paid for their job and do their work. <laughs> and I'm sitting there asking questions. Well, oh, so this is your real job. This is... <laughs> I'm, I'm some, some uh, 20, mid 20 idiot just asking questions and then hoping that they would remember me for their next movie. <laughs> oh, please, please. Can I help out? No, I did some networking. I did all that stupid stuff. That is that is supposed to be done. <laughs> I had a good time though. They, were, they everybody was really nice. Uh, sometimes you know you get on these sets and and you hear horror stories. You know you near the sets, you hear people working, you hear about people working, and someone's mean to them or something like that, or someone's rude. No, everybody was really nice. Even even during like stren- strenuous, tough times, everybody was really nice. Didn't tell me too much what to do. <laughs> I appreciate. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, so let's move on to what. So I was listening to uh, Pete Holmes's podcast. You made it weird. They had he had an episode with Gerard Carmichael and Drew Michael, who Gerard direct is a comedian stand up, obviously, and so is Drew. Um, but Gerard directed Drew Michael's HBO special that came out at the latter half of the summer. And it's a different special in that Drew is just, he's, there's no audience. He's addressing the camera. He's standing in front of a black background and a black space rather. And he's just addressing the camera and the camera. He's just really addressing the audience watching at home. There are no laughs. All you hear is him talking and then he'll pause. He'll let, he'll let the joke sink in and then he'll just keep going. But it's not like regular. He's not like telling set up punchline, set up punchline, set up punchline. Uh, he's doing, he's doing like these long form jokes where if an audience was listening, if an audience was there, they would be, you know, I assume laughing along in the middle of it. Uh, but he, he told a story about uh, like a, a, a time when he was shopping that, that show around and uh, he was like, you know, testing out the jokes and everything. And there was an audience. <laughs> this is so, this is so true because I, it's happened to me even at open mics. And I've uh, I've seen it happen in comics before. I've seen it on Conan. But people sometimes are not in the mood to laugh. And uh, and he would like. And so he went out to in one show, and he he was he was you know doing the jokes. And he got he got a couple of minutes in, and then he just paused. And he paused for like thirty to forty five seconds. He looked around and he goes, "I'm not doing this." <laughs> And he just leaves. And I think that's so, that's, it's not admirable, but it's very, it's very funny because, uh, you will get a bad crowd. Uh, so like a lot of times comedians, they get to, and I assume he went back on stage cause I guess it was a paid gig, but, uh, but a lot of times you'll get a bad crowd, uh, whether you be a comedian, a presenter, uh, what the British call a host, <laughs> a presenter, uh, a musician, you will get a podcaster, you will get a bad crowd. There is no doubt about that. <laughs> and everybody's had a bad crowd. It's just what you do afterwards following that uh, to when you're able to to see what you're really made of. Uh, Pete often talks about getting bad crowds and uh, a lot of comedians talk about bad crowds. Um, and just and sometimes you just have to, I'm, right now I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little deviance from the story. There's a squirrel sitting on the branch outside my window and it is just chomping away on some leaves. <laughs> it's, look at him go. Okay, so he's just grabbing at those leaves like a fat bitch, right? He's just eating them. Look at him go. Hey, man. Squirrel. Okay. So 
<laughs> I think I'm, I hope I'm the only person in the building because it is eerily quiet. There's no, all the construction acro- is across the street. They moved their stuff. What I realized is they're using the middle part of the buildings. They're not building anything here. They're just storing stuff here. That's why there's always, I always hear the construction workers and then they go, they take it across the street. Anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. So when you have a bad crowd, uh, you, it's, it's what you do. It's what you do after. Um, you know, I, the last, I, I had performed at a, at a place. I didn't open, I didn't open mic at a place and, uh, I'm not going to say where, but it is in the city and it, I'm going to get too specific. Cause if I say this next to fighting characteristic people, and if you live in Atlanta, you'll go, Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I know where that is. Uh, but I, I performed at a place and there were, and so I'm, I'm watching the other comics do their thing. Cause I like to do that. I like to see how other people, do, uh, how other people's jokes come about. And you know, you have the regular stand-up punchline people. Then you have uh, people who try to just be just a little bit different. And then you got the people who are completely different. And then you got the people who are uh, kind of aping someone else's style. Uh, so there, I mean, there's a lot of variations of comics, but that's what that's that's what I saw that night. And so the first. Sorry, the f- and, and then you have like new people who are who think they're funny and they're getting up there. <laughs> and uh, l- listen, I've only been doing stand up for a couple years, so I'm still new. I'm still a baby, uh, and I don't even do it often, so I'm still very new. But I, I, you know, I study the stuff. Uh, and so, and then you have, like I said, new people getting up there who think they're funny, who don't really have jokes prepared. They're just getting up there and they think they can go up there and just uh, and not talk, but just get up there and be funny <laughs> like it's gonna come to them like like they'll have like one or two things that they know they're gonna say get up there and be funny uh so you know you had people like that getting up there and then you had the the uh the people set up punchline people getting up there and you know honestly that night it was it was a it was a, a decent night i was about to say good it was a decent night and you know there were a lot of good jokes to laugh at and i remember laughing at the jokes like laughing at the jokes but then i remember the audience which was it was pretty much full. Every chair was taken, and almost every chair was taken. And uh, and then, like you know, but I but I'd be laughing. I'd be laughing at a joke, and then I would turn, and then nobody. <laughs> it would just be it would just be me. I'd be like, oh, that's a pretty good joke. I see where you did there. It's a pretty good joke. And I turn, and then nobody's laughing. Everybody's just sitting there enjoying the you know just drinking or whatever. Uh, and. <laughs> And then, so this makes me, of course, afraid for, for my set. Uh, we get to this, I'm going to tell you about two comedians that I know three comedians I saw that night that were, that really stood out to me. One guy was this, uh, long haired kind of stoner, nerdy stoner looking white guy. Um, he got up and he, he, you know, he did the, his initial introduction and then he took the mic off the stand and he started, he started moving the stand around. It's, it's so, it's funny to describe. It's weird to see, but in the end it's ultimately funny. So he picked up the stand and starts moving around the stage and he starts slamming it down like every other sentence. He's like, how are you guys doing? I'm having a good time. And he's slamming it down and it's making this big noise <laughs> and it's surprising the first time. And then he does, and he doesn't look at the crowd the entire time. It's so stupid. He doesn't look at the crowd the entire time. So he's just doing this and he's slamming it down. And that's the whole shtick. And it lasts for five minutes and it's pretty funny. No one's laughing except for like me and like two and two older women, two older black ladies are like, ah, this is the greatest thing in the world. 
it's so it's so weird it's so strange to watch that and then and then after him so i remember so like i said there's only three of us laughing a few of us laughed, like a handful out of like maybe 30 or 40 people uh and you can really tell when no one's laughing uh and oh and there's also this one uh i want to say girl or woman i don't know you can, i don't know what to say these days there's one woman who <laughs> this used to be a show about how i was applying to wab and now it's turned into this garbage. Um, but there's one woman who was uh, wearing a, a flat build hat, like a sports cap, flat build sports cap, and uh, who was belligerently drunk. Like she, and let me tell you, when she was drunk, I would say it was like eight o'clock, like, like a Tuesday. So it was very early in the week and very early in the night to be that drunk. Like she was red faced. Rosy, rosy cheek, drunk, uh, red nose, drunk. So she, so she was like talking throughout all of the sets. Uh, one of the greener people, uh, who was, and this is how I know you're green when you want to take a picture. This happened at way too many open mics I've seen. And please stop doing this. If you're a comedian, you're listening to this, uh, or you're thinking about going to comedy, you're doing, and you, and you want to do this. Don't take a selfie with the audience. That's not funny. That's not cute. The two, the the uh, ninety seven people that follow you aren't gonna think like, oh, he, oh, Steve got up there and told a joke. Oh, don't do that. So, uh, so this one guy got up there and uh, and he kept. This isn't one of the three comments I want to talk about, but <laughs> but she kept talking during the set, and so he basically started you know, berating her by calling her a lesbian. And she obviously was, you know, by her look and her girlfriend sitting next to her, <laughs> which was true, which is true. Her girlfriend was next to her cause she did call her, her girlfriend. Um, and they were, and she was, and they were going back and forth and it just wasn't funny. It was a waste of my time. So anyway, uh, after the, after the long haired stoner, nerdy looking guy went up, there was a, uh, a black guy, um, who, uh, <laughs> Who, when I saw, when I walked into the venue earlier, I saw him. I've never seen this before in all my years doing stand-up and all my open mics. Uh, I've never seen somebody sitting in the corner by themselves with the hood, with the, he was wearing a hoodie with his hood up, uh, had just giant Beats headphones over his ears and he was just jamming. He was listening to music. I know his music because he was nodding his head along with it and he, his eyes was clo- were closed. He was getting in the zone. I have not seen that ever. You like you don't like you're a comedian. You don't shadow box. You don't blast music like that. Everybody has their ways of getting into into the into the craft. I mean, I'm sure people would laugh at me if they knew I listen to only indie music or uh, like like deep deep indie um, or or uh, Latin alternative when I write. So <laughs> like seriously. Um, so anyway, so that so that guy got up on stage. And I was really wondering what his set was going to be because he was way too into way too into what he was doing. And he was uh, very funny. He was the funniest of the night and he killed the entire audience laughed. It was crazy insane. And I was like, whoa, is this what they wanted? But but the way he killed was he was this he wasn't what everybody and I don't know. I mean, I guess I assume the I think the venue might be an all not like like an alternative room. They're, they're, the only place I can think of, of that's alternative here is uh, dad's garage. But uh, I wouldn't I kind of the the where it is. <laughs> I don't want to I want to keep going. Well, yeah, uh, where it is, it's under something. So I don't 
I don't want to say, yeah, it's a, it's an alternative room. It's an alternative space, but it does give off that vibe. Uh, so I guess I would go ahead and classify it as alternative. So, so, but this guy was doing, you know, big stuff. I would say, uh, you know, mainstream type of stuff. Um, and it was, and it was big and it was loud and, and, you know, but I guess that's what people wanted that night. I guess that's when, when people think of comedy, I think this is one of the issues because whenever I say, Hey, I interview comedians, uh, when someone asks, what do you do? And I say like, Oh, I, you know, I produce stuff and I interview comedians and blah and, and all that stuff. And then they go, Oh, who are the comedians you talk to? And then I say, you know, Jermaine Fowler, Lori Kilmartin, Matt Eisman, Jen Kirkman. And then they go, Oh, who are they? <laughs> I know, I don't know what you want because those are those are like in terms of comedy, those are like a list. Especially Jermaine, those are a and uh, and Jen Kirkman. Like those are a no offense to Laurie and Matt, but those are a list comedians in terms of comedy. <laughs> like like if you like they were like yeah, I know when people think of comedy, they probably only think you know Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart, uh, Amy Schumer. You know they probably only think them, but there are the hundreds of other comics that are in the same, uh, ranks, uh, as those, as those mega, mega millionaire stars, you know, you know, Pete Holmes, he's, he's definitely like, if I say his name, you should go, Oh yeah, Pete Holmes, you know I mean? And he has a TV show on HBO. Uh, but I should, I should be able to say, uh, Jermaine Fowler and, and you should know who he is. You know, he's a year older than me. <laughs> he's a, he's a very funny guy, stand up and he had his own show and he was on, he was on two shows. He was on a, a show on True TV. <sighs> I don't know what that show was called, uh, but it was a sketch series. And I remember I watched like one episode, and I and I knew and I knew half the people on there, and I was and I was so excited to watch that one episode. And it was like it was late into the run too, because uh, I didn't know it existed. Because <laughs> True TV. <laughs> uh, what is that show called? Now it's gonna bother me. Jermaine Fowler, and I don't even think he was on it for the entire run of the show. But it was a it was a very funny show. Oh, he's way older than me. I don't know why I said two years older. Uh, Friends of the People. That's it. Jesus Christ, that was on when I was in college. Yeah, that's Lil Rel and Keith Lucas and Ke- oh the Lucas Bros and Kevin Barnett. Oh my gosh, what a show. Yeah, that lasted for one season. Whatever. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I I was I was late into that show. So. <clears throat> So, I mean, you know, I think people only think big, like, comedy is, you know, those people. They understand that it's uh, a lot of other people. A lot of other people. So, so he was doing those big, and another, and here's another little deviance. When I was doing, I did stand up uh, at the Vortex. I, I love doing stand up at the Vortex, except for parking. I hate parking in Midtown. Uh, but I, I've done stand up at the Vortex a couple of times now. And, uh, I, but my very first, no, no, my second time, my very second time I was doing a stand up there and I was, you know, I was obviously waiting for my turn, uh, my turn on stage. And, uh, you know, like I said, there are different types of comics, but there's this one guy who reminded me of pretty much the same guy at this other place that I was talking about, uh, before I, I got a little distracted. Uh, the squirrel's gone, by the way, he's been gone for a couple minutes now. <laughs> if you're counting, if you're wondering, uh, this one guy, he got up and when I tell you, when I tell you that he did not, he, he had a plan set, but when I tell you that he did not have a set, he did not have a set. All he did was impressions and they were vaguely connected, 
They were, they weren't like, if they, if they were connected, I couldn't tell you how, uh, but he, it was like if Jay Farrow came and did, if Jay Farrow did an open mic and he did his five best impressions and he made them like, he does, he does a, he, uh, Jay Farrow, I remember had a joke on SNL where during the weekend up when during weekend update, he came on as himself and, uh, he did like four impressions in a row of Eddie Murphy, I think, and Kevin Hart and Jay-Z. I think, I think it was all three of those. And he came on and he did impressions, like those impressions in a row. And that was, that was the bit. And he was, and he was like, they were all at a party together. And that was the bit. Uh, this guy just did impressions and, and he would go, he would go, oh, and he was doing cat ones. And then he would go, uh, he would do impressions and he would do the same thing that Jay, that Jay Farrow, Jay Farrow was doing like the same exact impressions, the same thing, except he would cut out the story. So he would go, it'd be funny if, if Kevin Hart was up here doing like, hey man, and then if Jay-Z was here like, yo, what's up? It's all, you know, stuff like that. Both horrible impressions. But that's how that guy was. And people were going nuts for it. They were slapping their knees. I swear to God, slapping their knees, clapping. They were giving an applause break for a, an open mic because he was doing these recognizable uh, voices. And it befuddled me to the fullest degree. And to this day, it does. Uh, to the fullest degree, because who, how was that stand up? How was, I'm, yes, and I, like I just said, comedy can come in many forms. You know, there's improv, stand up, uh, alternative, you know, all the, all types of different stuff. Uh, but how was that? It wasn't even a co, it wasn't cohesive. How was that stand up? It doesn't make sense to me. So back at this other place, uh, so this guy uh, had a set, very funny, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. So, after him, it was a it was a woman. She got up there, and she started telling jokes. The crowd is giving her the same energy as they gave the last guy. Uh, and then she gets about halfway through her set, and no, no, she gets like she gets like a minute to her set, and uh, she goes, she just goes, yeah, I voted for Trump, and then half the crowd, like I swear to God, half the crowd, more than half of the crowd, claps. <laughs> I was like, whoa, in this place. I turned and looked, and then I realized who I was with. Uh, she goes, "I'm a conservative." Blah blah blah. It starts and starts, you know, and it basically starts <laughs> laying out who she is, uh, who she voted for, and all that stuff. And uh, and uh, I realized that the entire crowd was there. For, well, not in the entire crowd, but more than half of the crowd was there for her. And I went. Oh, that, that makes sense why they didn't laugh at the other stuff. You know, the other stuff could have not just been funny, but you know, I was having a good time. And so, uh, so we were, so I, so then I realized, yeah, that's it. Uh, she told her jokes and went off the stage. Uh, and then I went <laughs> and then my set, this, so then my set came up and I did, uh, I did, I like to do for my standup. I don't like to do set up punchline cause I think that's boring. Uh, and I learned that really quickly. I learned that like three sets in. I was like, no, this is not for me. Uh, and then, so my my thing is now, I think it's very funny to uh, make myself look like a fool on stage. Like I did, or themed sets. That's what, that's what I call them, themed sets. Like there was uh, one time I did, uh, I did a set uh, after, the week after um, the Hawaiian, Hawaii had that, uh, that accidental missile message that that sent out across the the islands and people thought they were going to get like exploded but it was just an accident <laughs> so i i had a set that was uh, a letter from the guy who 
so stupid. It's so dumb. It's not the greatest thing, but I think it's so funny. Uh, a letter from the guy who accidentally sent that message, and it was just and it was just an entire set of me apologizing. I thought that was really funny. Uh, so this set was me. Uh, I get have I start I come up as a guy as a regular person, and then I get about two jokes in, and then I realize that the jokes on my card are are my my girlfriend's jokes because she's a comedian too. And I just go, I guess I have to go through with it. <laughs> like I call her on stage and I go, I guess I have to go through with it. And then I just tell, and I tell like all the jokes that are meant to be made fun of about me. Like, uh, that I like, I'm incontinent and, uh, that she's cheating on me and all this stuff. And she's like admitting it on stage. <laughs> and then I finish and then I go, babe, I killed. <laughs> um, but I was treated, I was given a cold shoulder, just like, uh, everybody else, you know, the other, uh, seven people that were up there before me besides the, you know, the other two. So it was maybe 10 people at total, but the other seven people, uh, that just didn't get any laughs. Uh, and so what you do is, and here's the crux of the episode, 24 minutes in what you do when you get a bad uh, crowd is you keep going no matter what happens. Uh, so for that set, I just, I got up there and I just told the jokes. I just kept going and that is the most and that's what that's the only thing you can do uh you can either keep going or you can go this isn't for me you can stop and you can leave and plenty plenty of comics do that but you have to be at a a high enough level to be able to do that so i mean for me i you know i'm at the point where i gotta keep going this is i think is funny and uh and maybe people aren't in the mood to laugh i know uh for one of conan's last episodes his last hour-long episodes on tbs before he switches to half hour next early next year he he had uh, and Conan is one of the he I'd, I'd say Conan is the only late night host that regularly has stand ups on to tell jokes uh, and per, you know, I heard <laughs> I heard that uh, Colbert is not even there when they shoot whenever they do the late the late show. He's not even there whenever they shoot the uh, stand up sets. And apparently they shoot a couple in a row. So he's gone. He's not even on stage. That's so stupid. That's that's I mean, come on. That's this his, this is oh boy I'm having I'm trying not to bury myself but uh you know I don't care because I'm never gonna work with Colbert uh cut to cut to next month I'm working with Colbert uh but yeah I mean he has a room full of old white writers from the Colbert Report and uh, yeah you got John Baptiste but you know that's you you guys don't you, their rapport is horrible um you know compared to James Corden and Reggie Watts or uh, Conan and Andy. Or uh, even Jimmy and Steve Higgins. So <laughs> even Jimmy and Steve Higgins are better than that. Even even Guillermo and Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel are better because and, and they have a language barrier. So anyway, everybody's better than Colbert. Um, but uh, there, but uh, you know, I mean, the Colbert's show is not. It's you know, I I really wonder even if they got Chris Litched from CBS this morning as an EP and and showrunner. Uh, I wonder, and and uh, I, I wonder if like if Trump hadn't been elected, where would Colbert's show be right now? You know, you can have all of the internet, the Reddit army, <laughs> is what I call them. You can have all of all of your little your little uh, uh, eighteen to thirty four uh, male white fans miss you. You know, because your show is off the air, your Colbert report is off the air uh, for all for all that. But it doesn't, you know, in the end. Where would the where would he be if we were in an in an alternate timeline where it was Clinton as president? Uh, I I always wonder that. So anyway, 
uh, <laughs> what was I talking about? So Conan, there was one, one episode, one of the final episodes in that final week of the last hour on TBS. He had, he was just having a bunch of comics on and, uh, one comic, one comedian, Ted Alejandro, who I've seen a couple of times before, uh, very funny guy. Um, he, he came on the entire, let me preface this, the entire night, the people were not laughing at Conan's jokes. Like the audience was just going through the motions. They were applauding when the applause sign uh, flickered up. They were laughing when, and you know, and that entire week, basically Conan was just not on the, Oh God, I cursed. <laughs> okay. I'll bleep that out. Where am I? 20, <laughs> 28 minutes. Chad, go back and bleep <laughs> a word. Uh, but Conan, Conan wasn't taking down the audience because they weren't laughing, but, uh, I wouldn't say that, but he was, he was definitely mocking the fact that they weren't laughing. Uh, that's what, that's what Carson did too. So everybody, I mean, the, the greats did it. Uh, Letterman did it. I think Leno did it. Uh, Conan, Conan did it. Carson did it. So whatever. Um, so, uh, so anyway, Ted Alejandro is up there. He's, he's the last five minutes of the show and no one is laughing at his jokes. He's telling a nice long form uh, story joke uh, and no one's laughing. He's doing all these little bits. No one's laughing. And he is performing his butt off and no one is laughing. And that is one. It's uh, like if you don't if you're not there, if you're not the right type of person, obviously, that is the scariest thing in the world for you. But you're a comedian. You just got you've been with other audiences before. You just got to follow through. Uh, you're if you're if you're a football team and you're losing, you got to keep playing. Ask Dallas. They lose all the time. <laughs> I'm a huge Dallas fan. Uh, ask the Falcons. They lose all the time. I'm a, that's my second favorite team. Who's my third favorite team? Well, it was the Patriots, but, <laughs> you know, after, uh, after those quarterback issues, <laughs> after a certain somebody said they liked the Patriots, <laughs> I had to stop the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is a very political episode. So, I mean, you know, you just gotta, you have to keep, powering through that is the most important part to any to any of this you know you just got to keep really keep going and that's why I keep doing this show even though I know I know the subscriber count <laughs> I've seen the listens <laughs> and the subscriber count for some ungodly reason keeps going up and down <laughs> just stay going up please <laughs> please don't unsubscribe from the show guys uh but you just got to keep going um I remember, I'm, actually, you know what? I don't even have any more stories. Uh, when I was at XIA, you know, I would have one of my most, this is this is what really pisses me off, and I think I've mentioned this before, but one of my most read uh, articles at XIA was the top baby names of 2016. So it was early 2017 when I wrote it. So it was like maybe February or March, 2017. And this is when I knew I did not have much time left in that place. And I was right. I only had a year left. <laughs> I was like, Nope, I got to get out of here. <laughs> if I got to do this for the rest of my life or for the next couple of years, I got to get out of here. Cause it will end with me killing myself. Uh, that's a, that's a joke. Sorry guys. It's a tasteless joke. I shouldn't have said it anyway. <laughs> so, um, yeah, top, top 10 baby names of 20, 2017. And, uh, I was tasked with that job. Let me tell you, uh, it took me 20 minutes to do that to 20 minutes to do the entire thing. And it got, I remember going to my supervisor at the time, my manager at the time, uh, cause I'm not in the warehouse, <laughs> my manager at the time, I went out to him and I said, um, Hey, <laughs> since I wrote that, <laughs> 
can I write this uh, feature about where I interview uh, video game developers in Atlanta? And, he goes, and like he told me essentially straight up was that people don't want to read that. People don't, people want to read, you know, the list. And I was like, yeah, but you know, <laughs> I mean, I did the list thing. Now I should be able to do this. <laughs> and uh, in the end, I ended up doing all the features I ever wanted because this is what you do. You just write, you just do the thing. You write the features beforehand and no one's going to say, <laughs> like no one's going to say no. <laughs> I mean, to me at least no one has said no. Like I, like I spent like three days writing an 8,000 word feature uh, where I interviewed a bunch of guys uh, and uh, women too, who, uh, who did video game stuff in Atlanta and I put it in a feature as 8,000 words and it was wonderful. And I love it so much. It's one of the crown jewels I've ever written. And, uh, I, and I, I was like, Hey, put this up. And he was like, but I was like, put it up. <laughs> and he did it. Uh, they didn't promote it, did they? But you know, they're, that's why they have, uh, it's one of their entertainment news now and not local news. And that's why they're still third in the city. I don't care if you're in the number nine in the market. So <laughs> I don't plan on ever working there again. <laughs> that's why I'm going to keep uh, crapping on them. <laughs> I'm not going to curse again. Uh, <laughs> what was I talking about? Uh, so anyway, the baby names article. So I told him, I was like, Hey, can I write this, uh, this fe- this video game feature? And he goes, well, Chad, you know, and he, and this, this next part just really makes me angry. He goes, Chad, you know, that baby name thing, you, let me show you these numbers. And he, and he goes, yeah, it's, I mean, it made you, you have, you're the highest red thing, the most red thing in, uh, in Tegna right now. Uh, and you're, it's going to be like that all year. And, and, and he wanted me to be proud about that. Like the way he said that to me, he wanted me to be somebody who was proud that the 20 minutes of work for writing the top 10 baby names for boys and girls uh, in 2016 was the thing, was the, was, was the crown jewel that I was looking for, was the thing that I went to college for. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, no, I don't care. I don't care that that did, I don't care that did too million. like as if I'm going to like, oh boy, I'm going to uh, buy drinks for everybody in the bar tonight because <laughs> I had 2 million hits <laughs> on this baby name thing. And let me tell you what it was. It was just, it was the same stock picture of a, of a multicultural babies. And for the boys, I did a light blue backdrop and I had the name. And then for the girls, a light pink backdrop and I had the name and that was it. And I switched out every other one, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. That is, oh God, it's so asinine. And he wanted me to be proud about that. That's, that is the craziest thing. <laughs> like I'm not a, I'm not a child. I'm not easily. And I mean, you know, I, I, I like a lot of the people that still work there. I'm friends with them on Facebook and follow them on Instagram and follow them on Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, but seriously, I mean, I know that they're happy. I know that they're happy with this. Uh, going along, and I want to say mediocrity, but that's what that's what XIA is. <laughs> I'm gonna come out and say it because, like I said, I don't plan on working there. You know, I want to work at SB or Fox Five, but Fox Five, uh, you know, SB. I, I have my issues with those people. <laughs> they did not get back to me after an interview, and Fox Five can't even figure out how to apply because that website on Google Chrome and Firefox will not load up uh, several times. You get halfway through and it just doesn't load up, but. You know, uh, XIA, it was just like, I know they're happy with, like, they want to be first place and they're first place on slow days. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, I don't want to, I don't want to stagnate. I don't want to, I don't want to have to do entertainment news uh, like they're doing now, which they, never mind, I'm not going to get into that. 
uh, but it was my idea. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to stagnate. <laughs> they did steal my idea. I'm not gonna say. I, I just said it. Uh, I'm not gonna stagnate. I'm not gonna be that person who's writing, you know, uh, 400 words for a cold case, which is the last thing I did there, which really, which really put the nail in the coffin where I wasn't going to, they gave me a cold case. Like it was something like they gave me something to do. It was a cold case. And I was like, I was working on a feature. Uh, and he was like, no, do this cold case. And I, and I was, and I remember thinking is like, I didn't say anything to him, but I remember thinking, is this relevant right now? Is it pertinent? Do I have to do this? Uh, and then that's when, you know, uh, I just like, ugh. even when you have, I remember we had, um, I should not keep talking. <laughs> this is too already too long, <laughs> but I remember we had, uh, you know what? I'm not going to tell us, tell the story. This is, uh, I was going to tell a story about a meeting I had with my, my supervisor where, uh, he was, he was like, no, we're, we're only doing <laughs> lists and stuff like that. And I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I went to school for writing and I'm not writing lists. Uh, but that's, that was the crux of it. Um, anyway, so that's why, that's why, you know, you just, you, you are the architect of your own destiny. Um, like, I mean, if there, if, you know, if it's already predetermined, then you just find the path there, uh, and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, if it's not, then you make the path. Uh, I mean, you make the path in the ending. It's just, I don't want somebody telling me uh, that I can only do one thing. Like I said, I hate being grouped in the uh, one section of life. It just, that makes me so mad. And you know, that very, that very same person, uh, <laughs> I, I have a friend who's, who's in the news as well. I have a lot of friends in the news, so you can't narrow this down. Uh, but I have a friend in the, who's in the news as well. And this person, not going to say he or she. This person uh, told me that they met my manager and said he was very flighty and didn't know what he was talking about when it came to a bunch of stuff. I don't care how long you've know, you've worked in the industry. You, if you're still some jackass uh, who thinks you know better than everybody else, you're still some jackass who think you know some, some better than some you know all that stuff. <sighs> so anyway, there's that. I just, it's really so, like sometimes you know when I think back to that tenure like, you know, my two years there, I always like, I think, man, what a, what a bunch of wasted time. Like I was, this is like when I was living in the suburbs and I was driving down and they were paying me $10 an hour and interns were getting more. And then, uh, they get mad at me if like, if I suggested something that, and now they're doing the thing, entertainment news, you know, like when I left, when I left, it wasn't, it was still, yeah, whatever. I'm not even, I'm not going to get into it. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, okay. Uh, so if you liked what I, <laughs> what I had here, oh, Hey, before I go tomorrow night, uh, if you are a listener to this podcast, you should go on down to Pond city market at 7 AM, 7 PM, 7 PM, 7 AM. I will be at the gym, uh, 7 PM. You should head on down to Pond city market and, uh, go up to the general assembly, second floor, of the Pond City Market, go to General Assembly. That's towards the main door of Ponds. Uh, and uh, seven o'clock, we will have a film pitch series in Atlanta uh, for Roll Call. Roll Call presents Film Pitch Atlanta. And I'll be pitching a movie. I'll be one of five people pitching a movie to a room of quote unquote investors. When I say quote unquote, I mean they're people my age. <laughs> who happen to somehow procure money, like enough money to make movies. Like, like, 
fifty to a hundred thousand dollars, uh, and they know people, so it's great. So come see us. I will be pitching a movie. I'll tell you about it uh, more on Wednesday after it's out in the world. More on Wednesday, not tomorrow, because it will be prior to that. Uh, yeah, that's it. Tonight I'm gonna go see mid nineties. I got free tickets uh, to the new Jonah Hill movie, so it's gonna be great. We'll see what happens with that. <laughs> also, <laughs> if you like what you heard here, this is a really good episode. If you like what you heard here, why don't you head on over to cpluscomedy.com where there are interviews. Ryan Singer's interview is going up today as a podcast on the Constitutionals feed. You can also uh, watch the Constitutionals, watch and listen to it. You can listen to it on the website, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. And... You can also watch the video version of the Constitutionals on uh, Breaking Cowboys World. Never mind. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that because I don't want to. I don't want to timestamp this episode. <laughs> uh, they acquired somebody from the uh, Raiders, so there you go. Amari Cooper. <laughs> there you go, Chad. Uh, the one thing you didn't want to do: watch the Constitutionals, uh, and then also on YouTube.com/slash C Plus Comedy, you can. Um, watch news time news time is a really good show i love doing it i know i say i hate doing these shows i i i really mean it it's the bottom of my heart i love doing them uh news time is a show is an entertainment news show uh that takes one story and examines it every day not every day <laughs> examines it uh deeply um it's uh this week's episode today's episode rather is hln news i'm remembering this at the top of my head so that's why i pause hln uh, just got rid of the contracts of Carol Costello, Ashley Banfield, and uh, Michaela Pereira, and uh, they're going to expand Robin Mead's Morning Express to twelve to six hours, excuse me, and then On the Hill that follows Morning Express to uh, three hours. So this basically, from I think six a.m. until three p.m., you get two t- two news TV shows. Uh, one of which, which is Robin and uh, Mead's Morning Express, uh, repeats the news stories. Uh, every half hour so <laughs> you'll be seeing that uh <laughs> and so i just examine it i do it uh and a lot, a lot of the times like my stand-up those episodes are themed this week i'm sitting behind my desk uh that i got from a divorce man <laughs> very true sitting behind my desk uh i'm wearing a blazer and i'm treating it kind of like it's a not not a late night show but kind of like it's a uh cnn news show behind the desk and everything Speaking of which, I'm going to, no, I don't want to talk about that. I can't talk about that. Well, I can, but I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but I want to do a live show. That, that that episode of News Time got me wanting to do a live show. And I have an idea that I've had for two years, and I'm going to write it down. And I've already pitched it to a few people, and they said they liked it. So I'm going to write it down and, and write it in the outline. <laughs> I'm gonna. I gotta stop doing this show. All right. Thank you for listening. Oh, and check out my portfolio, chadcwhite.myportfolio.com. That's where you can see everything I've ever written, uh, minus a bunch of scripts. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's it. So there you go. Thank you so much for listening. I very much appreciate it. This is the end of the applications for today's episode. We'll see you tomorrow. I love you. Bye.